This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. And I have prepared a very special episode for you all. So I had the opportunity to sit down with my dear friend and colleague, Karina Sicairos. And she is a mental health therapist. She's a licensed clinical social worker. And her and I have known each other for a few years. And we always have the best conversations. So she actually had the idea of just getting together and talk like we usually do. Um, we call it comadreando, you know, which is, you know, just talking about life, having just very deep, soulful conversations about what it feels like, what it is to be to, to be a mom, to be a wife, a partner, to balance the family and our careers and in this conversation, uh, you're going to hear us both share our stories of, of just navigating day-to-day experiences with the kiddos. And, and you know, we talk about our fertility journey. We just talk about so many, some, we, we share a lot of stories. I think this has been my most, uh, I would say, the most I've shared or the most I've opened up here on the podcast. Uh, to be honest with you, at certain points during the conversation, I think I forgot that we were even recording. And so you're going to hear me open up a little bit more than what I have in the past. And I just hope that you find our stories, what we have to say, validating and encouraging on your journey. And that hopefully you can relate to, to what we are talking about and describing before we go into the actual episode, I want to let you guys all know that I have started a collective. So this is, uh, it's called the Inner Healing Collective, and it's going to meet once a month. It's a virtual healing circle for women, and this is for those that want to just dive deeper in the topics that we've been talking about here on the podcast, everything from inner child healing, mental health, traditional therapy, ancestral healing, curanderismo, energy medicine, and we're just going to get together in community and sisterhood, and we're going to heal in community. I'm going to be offering a specific topic each month, and we're going to do exercises and meditations related to that, and we're just going to share and hopefully uh, connect and provide support to each other so we can heal and we can move forward on our path on our journey so if this sounds like it's something for you if you're curious about it check out the show notes the link will be there you can also go to my instagram and i will have a link in my bio uh let's see the other thing i want to share is that this particular episode you know karina and i we're both mental health professionals so i want to give a brief disclaimer that this podcast does not treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. 
This episode does not substitute for any kind of healthcare or mental health services of any kind. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. And as usual, if you find this episode healing and helpful, please share. You can share your feedback with me through through email or DMs. Share with someone else that you think would find this message encouraging and healing. Also subscribe so you can be notified every time a new episode is uploaded. And thank you so much for your support. So without further ado, here's the conversation with Karina. Take a listen. Hi, Karina. Hi, Rosa. Hi, welcome. Thank you for agreeing to be on my podcast. I'm so excited. We haven't gotten to catch up in such a long time. And although this is new to do it in this way, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, one of the interesting things is that with, at least with our friendship is like even though sometimes we don't see each other for long periods of time we always I always feel like we start where we left off like it doesn't feel like we have this period to like warm up again it's like we're always we always pick up where we where we last saw each other yes yeah it's such a blessing yeah and you know for for our listeners um can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and just what you do professionally and then we'll just go from there Okay, sure. My name is Karina Cicairos. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I currently work as a mental health provider. And um, I'm from Southern California. I, you know, born and raised in Orange County, but I've been in the Inland Empire for the better of the last 20 years. And so um, I, uh, in that process, I've come to make a lot of friends out here in the Inland Empire. And I'm just, I'm really glad for that's kind of how you came into my life. Gosh, maybe yeah, 12, I was 13 years ago. I was thinking about that. I was I, I was trying to figure out the math. So I think we met in 2008. Oh my gosh. I had just graduated from um from my master's and about a year later I started working out where we where we met. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's been it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while and so, you know, um for our listeners, so Karina is not just a colleague, she's a friend that has um really I think we I've shared so many transitions personally and you have as well since we've met right back in 2008 just so many changes in our lives so many and and I think that throughout the years we've always kind of just kind of came back to each other checked in got busy and then you know we kind of always come back and and we always find a way to connect but Karina is a dear friend of mine um I love your energy your your wisdom I feel like you're one of the smartest people I know really I'm not just saying that like I I I remember that one I I don't want to say where but I took over a role that you had Mm -hmm. and um doing administrative work right Mm -hmm. or it was um what do you call it like program development and Mm -hmm. it was like very and those were some big shoes to fill. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. You were amazing in that role. I mean, I heard from everyone that so so yeah. So for the listeners, Karina is not just a compassionate, wonderful person, but she's a very caring um therapist, very knowledgeable. And yeah, and I'm just so so glad that I have you as a friend. Oh, and colleague. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so for today's uh, chat, so this is the first time that I do something like this. So normally, you know, I bring in guests and we have, uh, 
not a formal interview because I try to keep it very casual and just keep it conversational. But, um, you know, for this, I, I had the, the idea or actually getting it, you were the one that, that had the idea, right? Of like just having a chat about the things that we, you know, you and I are kind of going through right now, right? Being mm -hmm. uh, working moms and mm -hmm. being um, caring for our parents, our aging parents and managing just life, you know, and, and, and on top of that, our own mental health, our own healing, yeah. you know, and, and, and just how we do it. And, you know, just, I guess, just to have a conversation and for those that to relate, you know, for those yeah. of the listeners that can relate to just having to do so much, wear so many hats yes. and, and doing the best that we can with that. And I think doing a, I would say a pretty good job, <laughs> not, you know, I mean, we're still, you know, showing up for our, our, our clients showing up yeah. for our family and and not just and like not just showing up but going you know just doing doing the the loving work that that is also part of that and not just showing up out of compromiso or you know obligation but showing up with love and and care yeah, yeah. so that's uh, what this is about and I was thinking like you know, it's kind of like a um, comadreando, you know, for yes. those of you that understand that word, like, we're just going to be just talking and comadreando and maybe even catching up a little bit. It's been a while since we had a, a, yes. a combo. So, so yeah, so stick around. I hope you enjoy this conversation. So Karina, so let's get started. Okay. Yeah. So, so you and I have a lot in common, you know, we're both, uh, we're both LCSWs. We've both been in this field um, for many years and, and we've had those transitions, like I was mentioning at the beginning. And one of those big, I would say big transitions for me, even more than just, um, you know, having a life partner, getting married, even for me at least has been becoming a mom, you know, becoming mm -hmm. a mother has been one of those uh, just profound I I noticed profound shifts just in my own just my mind my body of course the changes mm -hmm. that your body goes through but Girl. just emotionally right it just changes you in a very fundamental way mm -hmm. that you can you can't undo that you know I always feel like um you know let's say you know god forbid you know like I, I I'm never single again I I would be able to figure out that lifestyle right but you can't undo becoming like becoming a mother it just it just changes you in a, forever right you, yes. there's no undoing right there's no like going back there's no regardless of what happens you know in life there's no going back from that identity of being a mother or a parent yeah right? yeah so for me it's just been the last two years it's just been so many changes um and also so much healing that i've been able to do is areas of my life that have been able to that i didn't even know needed attention or healing or um yeah. or growth you know it has shed light in, in in those parts so it's been really for me it's also been it just pushed me to take care of myself and to take care of the old wounds you know that so it doesn't continue affecting my child now right, right. Yeah. humbling right humbling is an understatement to this new role absolutely absolutely and how how was it for you Karina? how was that, that change so how old are your little ones again seven well she's about to be seven and then my son just turned four okay 
Yeah. So, so how was that for you? Gosh, you know, it's interesting. Cause like you said, you know, we've been through so many, you know, changes in our lives in the last, you know, I'm not good at math. How many years is that since we've known each other 12, 13 years, 14 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we've been able to witness, you know, each other's lives and all these different changes. And, and I think when we first met, it was definitely more focused on like our professional goals, you know, supporting one another in that way. And, you know, getting um, experience, getting licensed, you know, trying to grow professionally and pushing ourselves in that way, pu- pushing ourselves individually and then like supporting one another and supporting other colleagues that are going through the same thing. But then it was like going through a period of like, okay, now I'm ready to be a mom and that baby not coming and dealing with um, fertility issues, first of all, you know, and what role oh my goodness. provide. That's a big one. Yes. That's- Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and feeling like, gosh, even though you would never tell one of your clients, you know, that they're broken, you feel like you're broken when you're Mm -hmm. going through that, you know, like what's wrong with me and why can't I have a baby? Right. And even bargaining sometimes with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever higher powers you believe in, you know, why, why not, you know, and, Mm. and, you know, and finally, you know, she came and I thought, oh, everything was going to be honky dory now because yeah, I got what I wanted. And I must be I'm going to be a super mom because you know, I'm the social worker that works with kids all the time and works with parents and I'm just going to be such a wonderful mom. And then she comes and it's like, OMG, right? Like, Mm -hmm. she's crying right now. She's having a tantrum. And I feel like I should. Yeah, I could hear her. Um, Like, then comes all these like really heavy feelings about what you're not doing right, you know, mm. you know, breastfeeding and that being a struggle and constantly mm. feeling like you're not doing it quite right mm-hmm. and how hard that is. And so, you know, working, you know, now with mamas, you know, that have had babies mm. recently and going through postpartum mood disorders and things like that is just my heart goes out because. I, I know, I know how hard that is. And as moms, we're always, you know, beating ourselves up, you know, in ways that we would never, ever beat up another mom, you know, or, you know, friend, or like, I would ever judge you, you know, um, but for whatever reason, you know, you know, hormones, you know, mental health, generational, you know, generational traumas, all of these things and these expectations we put on ourselves, um, we just were really hard on ourselves. So being able now, now being in this for a while, you know, being a mom for almost seven years, or even before that, since she was in my womb, um, just every day learning to be more patient with myself and be more patient with them and just be open to the fact that I don't have to have all the answers. And it's a challenge. It's not easy but definitely making sure I'm taking care of my own mental health, especially as a mental health provider, you know, that I'm kind of practicing what I preach. Yeah. I mean, we, I feel that we have this responsibility to our clients that we serve to take care of ourselves, right? Because if we don't, we're, the reality is that if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to help others. I, I mean, for the long, I mean, we may be able to do it, but for how long, right? It, it won't be sustainable for, right. for a long period of time. But you know, I want to go back to something that you said. The, uh, well, you said two things. So I want to start with the fertility journey 
uh, because I feel that so many women can relate to that. And then the guilt that comes from, I wanted this baby so much. And then yeah. here I am struggling and feeling guilty because I want some me time or, you know, and I, the, the fertility, but the fertility journey in and of itself is such an emotional process that, you know, I, I went through that for a period of time. I, you know, I, I definitely did not go through this for, for, for years or for very long, but I did go, I, that sense of wanting a baby and not happening, you know, yeah. month to month, month after month, I, I could relate to that. And, and, and it, it, that was something that I was not prepared for, honestly, like you, you, you empathize, I think in, in a very cognitive way, you know, mentally uh-huh. you empathize with those women and you get it, but it's not until you go through that process yourself mm-hmm. that it becomes like, you get it like in a, in a, in a different way. And yeah. I, my heart goes out to, you know, women that, that share with me, my clients that are going through that process, because it, it is, it is a very, um, I don't even know, painful yet. You said to know that your like your body feels broken. I think you said, you said, yeah, that too, sometimes too, has, like what's wrong with, with my body. Right. right? Yeah, it is. A, it was, a, it was a, um, it was a journey for me in that sense too, you know, just month after month, you know, the, that, that sadness, you know, I think you yes. can relate when, you know, when you're hoping that your period will come and then your period comes and you're like, you know, and you just go through that process. So it, it for me, it was really, yeah. So my heart goes out to those women. And then you said that then you have this baby, you know, you know, you have a baby and then it's like the, 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 the struggles that come with being a new mom just in general and then you but you're so grateful that you have your baby you're so happy but then you're struggling you know yeah. and especially for the moms that that became moms after the pandemic with very little support you know um that mom guilt was I, I is real <laughs> like, <laughs> there is no I don't know other way to describe it it's just um yeah like for feeding right it starts from breastfeeding it's like you feel guilty are they getting enough is am I what's going on why is it not working at the, you know timely manner yeah. and should I give formula no but formula is not good you know so it's like you you go through this roller coaster of guilt you know yeah. And I, and even though I'm, I'm past, way past that stage, and I still feel guilty sometimes about feeding. Yeah, feeding, I think it's just a whole other thing, right? Like, yeah. are they, is she getting enough nutrition? Am yeah. I giving her too much junk food? You know, mm. <laughs> I'm the sure dental you really... stuff. I mean, everything. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so that that mom guilt, it, it, I that's another area of, of becoming a mother that I did not see coming. You know, just that that how it, it really just filters so much of what we do or don't do and accepting even you know even like in the best of circumstances like I have my support system so close to me my sisters Mm. my mom my dad my husband's wonderful you know I I, yeah in the best of circumstances I'm you know so blessed in so many ways and yet even then that struggle of no I you know we should honor ourselves Mm. I tell this to my clients how much we should honor no I should be able to myself my grandma had 12 kids, you know, my mom did it, you know, in a different circumstances, you know, different financial circumstances, um, all alone away from her family. You know, my grandma was in Mexico, my mom couldn't go across the border, all these things. And yet she did it. And so then, while it's such a blessing to kind of know your, your history of all these really strong mujeres in your life, it's also a double-edged sword because then you kind of self-impose these shoulds of like, 
porque yo no puedo. Like, what's wrong with me? You know, and so then when people want to help you, you can sometimes push them away because, you know, I should do it. I'm the mom. Why can't I handle this? You know? Yeah, absolutely. The the wanting to or not not being able to accept help. That's that's huge. I think actually, I think you were here. I was um you came to visit me. I was about to have my baby. Mm-hmm. And my mom was in the background, right? She was mm-hmm. vacuuming. And I think I was talking to her about that, right? I think it was like, it hit me at that point that I have a really hard time accepting help. Like it wasn't until that point when I was like about to, you know, I was like nine months pregnant and about, I, I really couldn't do anything I, at that point, you know, it's hard you to were, move around. You were about to have her. She was going to be born yeah. like any minute or any day, I think. I know you were here and you were just telling me like, just let her, just let her do what she wants to help. Just let her. And I'm like, I know, but she really doesn't need to vacuum again. Like, uh, like we're talking, we're having a conversation right now. She's like vacuuming. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> I remember that because you were like, just let her, she's trying to help. Yes, <laughs> and I was yeah. like, you know what? it's hard it's hard and now like being a mom it's 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 been another another different way also like asking for like hey can you help me uh you know my husband's at work and I have work to do and I have you know can just asking a friend you know I have a friend that lives nearby just asking her to if she can just come by and watch her for like an hour or two was 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 hard you know and she was more than willing because she has like a little one and they play anyways and but man, it's just so hard to admit that, that you can't do it all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That there's only one of you, you know, and again, it's so easy for us to provide that compassion to someone else, to our client, to our, to our friends. Oh yeah. There's only one of you, right? There's only 24 hours in the day. You can't possibly do this all, but for ourselves, sometimes that pressure and the shooting that we do is just, it's really intense. And so we have to work at it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that leads me to the, the topic of self, self-care, you know, and, and taking care of ourselves, because I think a lot of us are, are when we hear about self-care, what, what is um, said a lot, or the idea is like, well, you go get uh, pedicures, or you go get a massage, and, you know, all those things are nice. But honestly, I, I'm going to be honest with you, like getting a pedicure for me just seems like so much work. <laughs> I know. You're showing me. I know. Look at my nose. I, I just polished my toes before this podcast because I was like, what if Rosa sees my toes? Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, no I, I, okay. That sounds like amazing. You know, getting your nails done. It, for me, it's more work. Like I, cause I, that means I have to make an appointment. I have to make sure I have someone available or, you know, you know it's, I, it's like a whole Yes, Um, you know, planning. And and so, no, for me, (laughs) and I think this is what comes out. It's like getting your your nails and getting a massage. All that is for me is like extra, right? I'm talking about self-care, like at a minimum, what we should be doing, you know, as, as, as working moms, you know, as not just moms, but, you know, wives, you know, Mm -hmm. you and I, we both have our significant others that we have, you know, we have that responsibility too, right? Of To be, to be a a wife to someone comes with responsibilities, regardless of, how helpful they are because my husband of course he's amazing he does a lot you know he does the meals he does whatever you know he needs to do it's like equal you know very much equal partnership and I know your husband is is Mm -hmm. the same way right but even with that right it's still um there's 
with self-care looks very different when you have so many hats yes yeah I think for me one of my big self-care like big you know big 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 and I have to fight myself with it and not call it a guilty pleasure because it's not is this is my girl time is my sisterhood time I have a standing monthly zoom meeting with friends from from uh, a, a few jobs ago and we've been friends for so long and we started it during the pandemic actually before that we would meet up for lunch um, for birthdays mm-hmm. and stuff and mm-hmm. now um and then during the pandemic we started doing a zoom call and at first I was so uncomfortable because I'm not comfortable in front of the camera it's just so hard for me to do it but once we started doing it it's like oh my god it's heaven sent it really is to just be able to talk with with other women you know have been there who get it and sometimes it feels like you know we talk about everything and nothing at once but it is so healing to just know yeah. that they've got my back and I've got Absolutely. theirs and this this is so much right. fun you yeah. and I the talking or even just sending a text, like we're so busy, you know, and every now and then I'll be like, Hey, Rosario, how are you? You know, yeah. or, because I have to, you know, I have to check in on my girls yeah. and it feels good to be checked in and too. you know, my sisters having my, you know, my time, my little gab session with, you know, my sisters, um, going over to my mom's and just saying, giving her a hug and telling me I need a hug, you know, like, and just for no reason at all, but just to be able to kind of listen to my instincts and listen to like what I'm really needing at that time, you know, and maybe listening to a podcast and you listen to a podcast for a little yeah. bit you know, or um, doing like using the calm app, you know, or even mm. like between sessions, I, you know, I see clients back to back to back and being able to just take some deep breaths and like ground myself and look around at like what I have in front of me. Like I have my office all cute decorated, but sometimes you're so tunnel vision that you don't appreciate it. So just being able to look up and see, you know, my rainbow drawing my daughter drew for me, you know, and just little knickknacks. I have a picture of my grandma here and my mom and they give me strength um, the think of thinking about the people who used to live in this house and, um, some of the things that they were going through, um, mm-hmm. and somebody that was struggling with mental illness that lived here and, um, and died, you know, and I think about mm-hmm. him and I think about, I'm doing this in honor of him as well, you know, oh, and so just goodness, kind of yeah. being able to put it all together, take that deep breath, you know, go for a walk, these little yeah. things to just kind of what I recommend for my clients to do for myself and listen to my absolutely. nerves, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's coming back to the moment, right? Being able to appreciate literally what is in front of you, you know, that, that drawing that your daughter made and, you know, just being able to have the mental awareness of that, of what is in front of you, what is in this moment. And, to, and then you brought up the, you know, the, 
connecting with the the spirit realm which through your ancestors right mm-hmm. i think that is a huge huge uh, for, at least for me has been a huge i have my grandmother pictures right here too mm-hmm. um, just connecting with that because they did go through so much and sometimes we, we i ask myself too like how did they do it yeah. <laughs> how did they do this but you know it's different times and honestly a lot of um i was reading an article too that so many women ask them, you know, they, they say, how did my mom do it? How did my grandma do it? But the, what, what the article said is that a lot of, uh, is, you know, like, our, like two, three generations ago, a lot of these, um, you know, these families were near family, especially like, you know, like my grandma in Mexico, like she lived in the same pueblo, you know, little town with her, with her grandma and her, and her, um, with her you know all of the extended family and her sister and then she has so many kids so I like amongst them they took care of each other you know the kids yeah. older kids play with the younger ones grandma took you know they would run into grandma's house the uh, tia's house and it was all yeah. like within like a block away so a lot of times we don't realize how disconnected we are now from our support system yeah you know, so it, it is really different times that we're living through now, which do add to that, that another layer of, of um, just difficulty to have the support. Because if you, if you really think about it, yeah, we're more, you know, we, we have maybe more, we have more sophisticated systems of, you yeah. know, we have technology and social media and all that. They didn't have that. But at the same time, that simpler lifestyle of just being near, you know, not having any technology. I mean, my mom yeah. tells me like they, they didn't have a TV till she was like, I don't know, like a teenager, I think, you know, right. so they, it was all, they had, they were present. If you really think about yeah. that, they, moms were probably, you know, they, they had to be, right. They had yeah. to be very, pre- because what else could they do? They didn't have to be, they didn't have, they, they, they were just cooking, preparing meals, taking care of their little children, their kids, cleaning the house. Um, this, I mean, I'm talking about my grandmother, like that, that was her life. She was, yeah. I'm sure very, very present in what was happening. Yeah. And for us, it's like, we have to remind ourselves to be present because we have so much going on and so many distractions. Yes, absolutely. You know, I actually, I listened to um, one of, you actually turned turned me on to podcasts. I had never listened to a podcast in my life. Oh, good. (laughs) And I started listening to yours and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. One of the things- you're welcome. Yeah. One of the first things um, I remember, one of your presenters, I forget who it was, but they were talking about this belief in that I share this with my clients all the time. Mm-hmm. They love it. Is that doing the work now is so important because, mm-hmm. you know, some, some Native American tribes believe that doing this work and healing yourself mm-hmm. can heal back up to seven generations and seven generations mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. And I think how true is that, that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what my grandmother's life was like, or my, you know, I know on my dad's side, we came to find out not too long ago that she actually went through um, uh, sexual abuse when oh. she came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. as a teenager and how mm-hmm. life, you know, how life might've been different for her had that not happened to her, you know, mm, and, and also understanding like how she brought up my dad and his siblings and kind of understanding her a little bit better and why she was the way she was. And so being able to now focus on my mental health and trying to be, you know, healthy, try to break some of those like um, generational traumas mm-hmm. and, 
talk about things, talk about sexual abuse, talk about all of these things and be more open about these things with my kids and moving forward that maybe in this, because at the end of the day, like everything, I feel like, even though I have so many hats, I'm, I'm a professional, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter, et cetera. I feel like such a big responsibility to my mm-hmm. kids that I want mm-hmm. a better life for them mm-hmm. and I want a better life for their babies, et cetera, et cetera. So the work starts now in trying to heal myself, try mm-hmm. to be a better mom for yeah. them and try to prevent them having some, you know, issues passed down on and on. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in this way, I'm helping my grandma heal from her abuse. Absolutely. And, and some of the, again, they did so much, right? My my other grandmother had 12 children. That must've been hard, you know, Mm -hmm. and the things Mm -hmm. that they probably had to put up with because they had no, you know, no choice, you know, or maybe unwanted pregnancies, but that's just kind of what, yeah they yeah. had to do you know and um so I think that's why it's so important too and I keep oh. here because it's important to take care of myself try to be more patient with myself try to be more patient with my kids be a better partner right mm-hmm. and to try to make things better for the generations that are coming absolutely and you know there's an uh, there's an energy to it too there's an energetic component to healing that we can't pinpoint exactly how this healing happens, but when we have an intention to heal a certain part of our, of our lineage or maybe a, a trauma that has been passed yeah. on, when we set the intention, meaning, you know, me in this lifetime, when I set the intention to heal that, there's an energetic component that we can't explain. We can't explain mm-hmm. in words or in scientific terms, but there is an, a shift in the lineage and the energetic lineage that we are still part of right that 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 doesn't go on right Mm -hmm. that that doesn't transmit and and same thing you know with like you said with a grandma that raised um you know 12 kids and with very little choice we don't know right if it was you know they may just have no choice i remember my my grandma would always say to me um you know she would she had a my, my her and my my grandfather, um, he was very abusive to her and she always thought of leaving. This was like in the sixties, right? In in Mexico, like in central Mexico, she always thought of leaving, but she always said, where am I going to go? Like, who's going to want me? Yeah. I'm like, you know, the idea that I'm I'm not no longer. So a lot of our grandmothers really thought they had no choice but to stay and just take it right it's like well you know por lo menos no me pega a lot of you know oh no me pega no toma you know he doesn't drink he doesn't he's not physically abusive so like how about you know it's like that was their that was the standard right for for so many generations so what we're doing now is we're we're actually we do have choices, right? And I think that's part of also why we have we wear so many hats because we are actually, I think we we're aware of how many options and choices we do have. Okay. And I think so and we're able to have, right? And we're able to the the agency or the ability to make those decisions in our lives, the sense of agency that we have um becomes even more um it feels more like a 
like a push, like, no, you, you need to do this. Right. And like a responsibility, I, 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 like a responsibility, honestly, like, you know, sometimes and I'm just going to be very candid here with you and with our listeners, you know, I do, I do a lot of different things professionally. And sometimes I do ask myself, like, why do I do that? Right. It's not the, <laughs> the money, you know, it's not, the, it's not financially any, yeah. any different, you know, than if I was just to focus on doing, you know, like the, the, the therapy sessions, one session mm-hmm. at a time, right? Why do I do the pause? Why do I do all these things? And sometimes um, when I, when I really reflect on that, the first image that comes to mind is my grandmother's image. And sometimes uh-huh. I feel like it is her legacy, right? She did yeah. not have a choice. She did not have the ability to even explore. I don't, I don't know. No, she could have been a singer. She could, she actually did sing. And for me several times, and she had a very pretty voice for all I know, that was her dream to become a singer. Right. Uh, For all I know, she was a writer, you know, you know, she had passions and dreams that were never fulfilled. All she did, all that, you know, she was proud of is that she was a mom. She raised 10 10 kids. So sometimes when I really reflect on it, it's like, you know, I, that's her legacy, right? I, I, the ability to have these choices mm-hmm. you know and, and, and that, I mean that in and of itself can be overwhelming but sometimes you know we don't even realize what spiritually and energetically what forces what's out there that's mm-hmm. really pushing us to to be a to to do more and to be a better versions of ourselves yes I remember my grandmother went to my college graduation and she was, she, she passed away the following year. And that was so special to me. She was at all our graduations, always came from Mexico specifically. Uh, my mom was the baby of 12. Okay. And so we were that, you know, her baby's babies, of course, but um, yeah. he came to our high school graduations. She went to my, you know, community mm-hmm. college graduation. She went to my college graduation and I know she would have been at my graduate school graduation, you know, had she been alive. Yeah. But I always feel that presence, you know, my wedding day, um, I thought it was going to be sad because she wasn't going to be there. My husband never got to meet her, but I felt her like, I, I swear, I I remember walking to the altar and Mm -hmm. I felt this peace and this love overcome me. And I was like, grandma, you're here. I know you're here. And it's amazing. It's beautiful to know that they're still here at I have to believe that because I worry sometimes like, gosh, if something were to happen to me, you know, que va a ser de mis hijos? I, I always worry about that. Getting on a plane, I worry, like, oh my God. Yeah. you know, but yeah. I, I hope, I sure hope that I can still be here in some way Yeah, yeah. You know, to protect them, to be there with them, to love them and that they, yeah. you know, can feel my love. Y que no están solos, you know, so I have to yeah. believe that that's true. My grandma Absolutely. my grandmothers are still here with us they're here yeah they are you know I, i've um delved into a lot of uh spirituality and the afterlife and i don't even know how to call it the spirit realm <laughs> you know <laughs> however you want to call it um i really i had a calling to really understand that part and uh, you know after uh, you know all the the trainings and readings that i've done i've come to realize and this is what has been shown and taught uh, teacher after teacher is that the the spirit realm our ancestors our abuelitas you know they they are really um, they're really they're right here there's no separation you know mm-hmm. the separation is we we've created here because of you know just religious views and perspectives yeah. um conversation western, western culture you know but really um 
the is it's there you know they 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 talk about quote unquote the the thin veil or the veil you know mm. the veil is that thin like it really is that thin they really are here it's just a different relationship now right it, 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 it's just a different way of relating to them yeah. um it's just it's a different so for me it just gives me a lot of comfort you know to know yes. that they're they're always they're, they're they've been here it's just a different way a different way of relating a different yeah. relationship right than what we were used to in the I here in the physical yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I also, you brought up when we were planning this is being the sandwich generation and, and which kind of leads, what we were talking about just kind of leads into that because it's like, you know, the sandwich generation, I really had not heard that term until you brought it up. And I was like, that's, I, that makes total sense. Like, you know, we are, uh, you know, adults of a certain, adults of a certain age, <laughs> raising <Yeah>. children <laughs> mm-hmm. and with parents that also need help, you know, mm-hmm. and that comes um, with a whole other set of stressors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what has your, what has been your experience in that? And then I'll share a little bit of mine. Yes. Well, I'm one of three daughters. Um, my husband is one of four children and obviously, you know, our parents are aging. Um, you know, my parents are a little bit younger than, than his are, but you know, and, and we're not as close to them, you know, geographically, you know, we try to be there for them as much as we can. Um, you know, we try to go see them. The pandemic was really hard, you know, trying to, you know, take care of them. And then, you know, we have little ones too. And, um, and so um, my, you know, my parents as well have, um, you know, yeah. medical conditions, you know, and, and they're pretty stable, but still um, my dad uh, had a stroke a few years ago and, you know, he was a person that was very independent, a hard worker, even in his mm-hmm. retirement, he had kind of just gotten his flow after, mm-hmm. you know, retiring from, you know, a stressful job where he was a manager yeah. and, he had just gotten his flow in retirement with his own routine. He was running, he was exercising. And then one day he had a, a stroke, you know, and that really, oh my goodness. really, sh- yeah. really shook our family. Yeah. I mean, you always are so thankful that, you know, it could have been worse and, you know, he's, yeah. he's alive, he's mentally okay. He can walk, you know, mm-hmm. but he can't drive, you know, oh. he can't run. He lives with pain. Um, he has a lot of things that he's had to adjust to and it continues to adjust to in the last, you know, three years. And so being able to try to find answers for him, taking him to appointments, okay, this didn't work out. They're sending you to a specialist and then this specialist yeah. is this, and, you know, they sent you to another one and mm. booking all those appointments, having him change his mind about what he wants, you know, and it's his body, you know, and you have to respect that, but kind of maybe even sometimes forgetting like, okay, well, you signed up this, you know, they told you it may not work and just kind of all these trial and errors. And then my mom also being his caregiver, but also sometimes she needs a break and she needs, you know, help with setting her boundaries. And, um, so I worked part-time you know, when that was happening and I had my little ones. So when that happened, mm-hmm. my son was a year old. My daughter was four years old. Um, I have a marriage to think about, you yeah. know, shortly after that was the pandemic. 
and um, mm. we were living with my parents at the time. So that helped in some ways, but also, you know, it was, it, it was hard. It was, it was, yeah. hard. and so my sisters um, help out as well. You know, they pitch in mm-hmm. on my, they, they weren't living at home recently. Mm-hmm. My younger sister moved in and my older sister lives, you know, not too far away. So we all try to pitch in. But sometimes it's just easier when one person is kind of like the case manager. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. You know, knows this doctor from, you know, eight other doctors and what they said compared to the other doctor and why we're, you know, increasing this dosage and why we're, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so all of this stuff, you know, when's, when's physical therapy, you know, when's the neurologist, why, you know, mm-hmm. what the, you know, all this stuff. And then meanwhile, my dad is going through his own grief yeah. of, you know, losing some of his abilities and needing yeah. help more than he's ever, he's been the his independence, yeah. his independence. And so, and meanwhile, again, worrying that like, am I able to still manage, you know, my, my children and I'm still breastfeeding mm. and, uh, and I have a career or some sort right. of a career you know, trying yeah. to maintain that. And yeah. so just having all these hats can be really overwhelming, but at the same time, Oh God, I'm going to cry. Just constantly feeling like you're not doing enough in yeah. any area of your life, yeah, you know, like you're yeah, always falling absolutely. short in some area, you know, mm-hmm. and so you feel like you're juggling, you know, yeah. you like you're juggling, yeah. but yet like yeah. you suck at juggling. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, well, because it's a lot. And honestly, there's really like you mentioned the word case manager there's literally a person that does this professionally right and here we are trying to do it for our parents and for our kids and for our for for our patients our clients you know so it's yeah it's a lot it's a lot so when you were when your dad was going through that were you like the primary like the primary person for the doctors to call and yeah. consult with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was working part-time and I lived with them. And so it just, it made sense. And I was yeah. fine. You know, I, I, and I still am, I'm fine. I still, I don't live with them now, but um, I still manage. I'm the one that has access to his chart. I'm, you know, mm. um, he's not getting as much care now because he's just kind of over it. He just wants to do things at mm-hmm. home himself and just try to have a healthy diet and just kind of manage it and he and he still thinks that he's gonna recover fully you know and um so working with him on that and supporting him in that but also just reminding him that you know he's in his 70s too you know like that I I hurt when I'm sitting on the floor for too long for five minutes it's too Mm -hmm. long I -hmm. struggle to get up like oh everything hurts right and so just trying to normalize that, you know, part of it is the aging process and inflammation mm-hmm. and arthritis. And um, so, but also being able to have my boundaries and remember that it is not my job to make sure that he's happy every day or that my mom's happy every day. Like, you know, those codependency issues that we can have, you know, sometimes and just kind of being aware of that and being able to know, okay, daddy, like, let go. It's okay to let go you know yeah oh my goodness you everything that you just said is something that I've been that I've dealt with you know with my own uh, my father you know he it's a little bit different because my dad has been has had chronic illnesses for Uh I mean ever since I was a a child like he's been in and out of the hospital he's he's always been uh, 
medically, you know, struggling in one way or another. And, uh, and so I, as I got older, I mean, within the last, I would say the last 10 years or so, his condition worsened. So I had to become more involved, like you said, be, be the ma- the case manager. Right? Yeah. So his, his, my number was the one uh, on, on his medical record. So that his doctor providers would call me and coordinate appointments and, and, and you know, all of that. And, and I was able to do it and I did it gladly. Yeah. It was a sense of, you know, like you, you mentioned that sense of responsibility and codependency. Then, then um, I have three other siblings, but what, what started happening, like you said, is like, well, it's just easier, right? For one person to keep track of everything than to right. have four different or yeah, four different people trying to navigate that. So I just, by default, I became the one that handled everything for him. And I did that and I was, fine I did it gladly but honestly as soon as I got pregnant something shifted you know I could no longer have I didn't have the mental energy physical energy to handle some of those appointments so I noticed I started um, people you know his doctors would call me as you know per usual and I would start forgetting things. They, yeah. would, they would say, "Hey, we, you're, you're, you know, you, we had an appointment for your dad." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I forgot to tell him to go." You know, so it was like I started dropping the ball. You know, and and it was it was so. Then I was like, you know what? I can't do this. Like, I can't take care of myself, do all of my appointments because you know when you're pregnant, you go to the doctor right. a lot. <laughs> There's tons of checkups and you know ultrasounds and you know. So it, 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 at that point is when I had to delegate. And not just delegate, but also realize how much managing I was doing of him when he has he he's he has to do his part too, right? It's like he, he's a grown man, mentally, physically able to to do some of these things for for himself, but because I did it, right? It was just like, well, you know, he calls me Josita, so Rosita will do it. You yeah. Know? And for but how long when, have you been doing it? Exactly, you know, exactly. And it had been years. So at that point, it was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be a mom. I'm having a baby. I'm like, I, I can barely make it to my appointment. You know, like, you know, like, so I had to start basically saying like, dad, you need to handle this, you know, and, and asking my siblings for help and being okay like like you said becoming really aware of that codependent part that part that wants to control the outcome and that wants to make sure that my dad stays like healthy and and, and honestly it's I I can't I can't do that for him right he has to want to be you know at the appointment he has to want to follow through with the protocol of whatever they're trying um and he I have to I had to I had to give that that responsibility back to him yeah. and and honestly um it, it I'm sure it, and now I'm at a point it's been a it's been a two years that we've I call it transition from me handling everything to him and now he's at that point where they call him Sometimes he calls me now, you know, now he calls me, he's like, Hey, so-and-so, you know, such and such doctor called, they had this test. I don't know what they're talking. You check in and, you know, I do that. But now it's, he, he has taken full responsibility for his health. And the interesting part, and I'm not saying he's better or worse, but the interesting thing is that 
now that he's fully more responsible and, and, our, and our dads, by the way, are going to very d- different, you know, circumstances. I know this may not be possible for your dad, yeah. but what I'm saying is like, what is interesting is that my dad was in and out of the hospital, like in and out, yeah. like multiple hospitalizations a year. There was a point where he had to have, he had a doctor on call and a nurse on call. They would go within two hours to see him at the house because they were trying to prevent a hospitalization from happening. So the doctors would come within two hours. The like MD would come to the house, check him, prescribe him everything. Mm-hmm. Weekends, Saturday, it didn't matter what time of night. You know, it, even if it was two in the morning, a nurse, an RN would come and take care of him. So he was at that level. To now, he's um, he's. I mean, knock on wood. You know, he's been out of you know away from all the hospitals for a while mm-hmm. you know we went through this whole covid you know yeah. pandemic very very scary for us because you know we know he's immune compromised but he was able to he was able to take care of himself he wow he was very good at wearing his mask washing his you know he he did what he needed to do for himself and it's like he you know he had he he can take care of himself. He really, was empowered, right? right? And like, he was wow, empowered to do it. Concept. Absolutely, right? And it's <laughs> like, them. I just had to give that back to him. It's like, <gasps> no, you don't, you know, that that sense of responsibility. I still have, don't get me wrong. Like I still, yeah. encourage, you know, sometimes they call me like, hey, I didn't show up for this appointment. What's going on? And I call, but I don't, I don't go to the appointment. I used to have like, like I used to go take time off from my, you know, my responsibilities at work to go to his appointments with him and write everything down. I had a binder, you know, every, the whole thing. Right? Yes. And, and to be able to just say like, you know, he has to take care of, he has to do this because I can't physically, like I can't, you know, and then now of course with my baby, now she's a little, you know, she's two. Um, I, I, I still wouldn't be able to, right. Because I have, right. I have a lot of other things now that she's, she's my priority, you know, and I think as, 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 as um, once we become parents, we realize that we love our parents so much, but our kids really become our priority. Right. Yeah. And so everything kind of just falls after what we have to yeah. do as parents. Yeah. Cause now you have to take care of like your own appointment, Absolutely. her dental, her physical, her, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, pretty soon school. And before mm-hmm. you know it, you're managing your case manager for so many people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot. Absolutely. And even then, so, you know, even, yeah. even when you're able to delegate some of these mm-hmm. things, you know, which is, it's awesome for your dad, you know, cause I'm sure now he's more of a, he's a participant in his own. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. But there's still other things. Like, it was funny. I I'll share with you. It's a little TMI, but not, um, because <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, um, I'm very bad at doing some of my preventative stuff, like my monthly, like breast, you know, examinations. Yeah, like check up, yeah. I'm not very good at that. And I, when I have tried it, it's like, Oh, bad time. Yeah. This is when I'm supposed to do it yeah. on my period. Right. Or, Most of us are. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, Oh, yeah. five months go by. And then I'm like, Oh, I guess I should do this. You know? So, um, I, my sister came over today earlier and I was telling her, you know what? I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if I'm feeling something and I, for weeks, I'm like, am I feeling something? Am I not? Well, I'm going to make an appointment just, just in case I'd rather be wrong. Right. But I've been questioning myself because when do I have time and, oh, I work and, you know, all the kids. Oh, right. And so it was funny because I can't, sometimes I'm in the middle of trying to do my own self-exam and the kids walk in. 
you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And even today I was like, sister, what do you think? You know, we're having like a moment and the kids must have walked in like three times. And I'm like, I'm like, I have to tell Rosa this because this is what happens (laughs) when you do try to take care of yourself. Exactly. (laughs) You you, you, competing priorities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and, I mean, with kids, it's like, unless they're napping, they're there, (laughs) you know, if it's, if it's a weekend after, you know, workout, like your kids are there unless they're napping or sleeping right? yeah so it's like yeah you just you just handle it right you just do what you need to do with your kids in the in the, there you know with yeah. your kids at the same time <laughs> I'm like yeah. okay I'm gonna have to explain what I'm doing but like um and then there was a commercial not a commercial there was something on the news on um knitted knockers and it's a organization huh. that knits um like these um, kind of like handmade prosthetics for women that are not um, eligible for um, what is that for the reconstructive surgery after they've had a mastectomy. And so my, never heard even of though that, yeah. I, I wasn't going to have this conversation with my six-year-old, you know, about right. what mommy was doing when until later where I could kind of explain it to her. And I ended up having to have a conversation anyway, oh, because yeah. I had to explain she to her. <laughs> And she took it well. I mean, we, we just talked about it and I just explained to her. And like I said, I have a friend that's actually going through radiation Aww. right now. And so it's a very important topic and I'm bringing Absolutely. it up for our listeners too. Yeah. Pay attention yes. to those things. Take care to of take yourself. Care. Yeah. To absolutely take care of yourself. And, and, you know, that's how that's self-care, you know, like we're not just talking about getting pedicures and massages. It's like that, like making your annual appointments for preventive preventive care doing your checkups you know just going out going out for a walk for 20 minutes a day you know I think that's the minimum right that they they say for heart (laughs) health 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day and it doesn't even have to be consecutive it could just be like 15 minutes in the morning 15 minutes you know like it's not it's it sounds like we're talking about the bare minimum but this bare minimum goes a long way because how many of us don't do that right yeah. there's been I could tell you there's days in the week that I don't go for a walk you know yeah. even a 50 minute walk you know like I just you know just other things become a priority and that really is what 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 comes down to right like our priorities yeah. going out for a walk is not a priority when I have all these other things to take care of but five minutes of mindfulness of meditation and how Mm. that helps you get through your day every day um, is just you know so valuable like you can't put yeah yeah and you know one thing that has worked for me I don't know I I don't know if you've gone through this but with uh with my little one I I I kind of do things with her because she's with me all the time right so and so I I started involving her in my yoga and mind you I don't do yoga the way I would I was alone right it's a it's a it's a, it's a different type of yoga but it's yoga right I'm still moving even if it, like we only do it for like 10 or 15 minutes but I'm moving for those 10 or 15 minutes um I've also been doing art with her every uh, pretty much I, I think uh every day it's been pretty consistent every day we do some art session and I tell myself I'm not just gonna give her the stuff to do art I'm gonna sit with her and do art my own art yeah. with her because you know I, I I I used to like a few months ago I used to like give her all the art stuff and then I'll go in the kitchen and, you know I'll have her in the kitchen oh, okay, where yeah. I could see her and then I would start clean up while she's doing art and like talk to her but now I said you know what no I I love doing this I love painting I love doing art like this is an opportunity to do art 
for my inner child, right? It's like yes, for me. my inner child too, for me, you know? So, so it's been a, like, I would say like two or three weeks that I've set that intention. Like I'm going to, we're going to do art together and I'm going to do my own thing, you know, my own art. And we're just literally, it takes like 15 minutes. It doesn't take that long because she doesn't have, you know, she's two. She the tension's too long. Yeah. But it's been really helpful. Just being able to, to um, see my self care in, in an alternative way, because yeah. I, I, I have her, she's with us here. My husband's at work. Like I have to, I, I have to involve her. And at the same time, take care of myself and if I we can do if I can do both then that's great I'm already saving yeah. time there <laughs> and your role you're role modeling for her too and I'm role modeling exactly yeah exactly so for our listeners you know it's it's hard because like I said I love yoga I love I would love to go to a class like I used to you know <laughs> yeah. for like an hour and just do all everything and like it, that, that was the best but I can't you know I, that, that's just not I can maybe once a week but I, I can't do that every day you know which is what I want I want to do yoga every day like so I have to like see it you know it kind of um get creative with it right okay if I want to do yoga every day then this is how it's going to look it's not going to be the perfect way but I'm still doing something which is better than nothing being flexible I like you know being creative but being flexible too because honestly a lot of times when you grow up being kind of you know self-motivated and a planner and organized and you Mm -hmm. know that's yeah successful people have those traits that help them get through school, maybe be the first in your family to graduate, be the first, you know, to have an advanced degree and all those things are good. Mm. But at the same time, they sometimes make us inflexible into how it can be. So I remember when I was first time around being a mom, Mm -hmm. her nursery had to be clean. There could never be like dirty diapers. I had to like, oh, make sure because, you know, what does that say about me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. She had to always look so cute and uh, her, I was constantly washing yeah. her clothes, like yeah. de-staining everything and all this pressure that I put on myself of how things should be, right? Like, because, si no, que va a decir la gente, you know? And it's just like, who cares? So the house is not going to be impeccable, exactly. but I'm spending time with my daughter and exactly. we're making a memory that's more important. Absolutely. I, I love that. And it, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still go through those moments where I'm like, <laughs> yes. I want, like, I want, but, and then it's like, yeah, but the, reminding myself, like, who cares? You know, yeah. the, the, the point is that I'm spending time with her and she doesn't care. She just wants to be with me. You know, she just wants my attention. And if we're doing something fun, even better, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how your yeah. house looks. As long as you're, you're, for me, you know, as long as your child yeah. is happy and well taken care of and being nourished mentally yeah. and create, you know, creative wise, then, then yeah. Yeah. Dishes because they, they get the sirve, they get the sirve, you know, they're watching you like, you know, upset, stressed yeah. out all the time, you, you know, go clean your room and da, 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 da. And it's just like, yes, it's, you know, it's nice to take pride in your home, et cetera. But, you know, they're going to, you know, you're going to have opportunities to teach them these life skills but at the same time if you're mad all the time if you're stressed out all the time or you know feeling bad about everything you're not being mindful and you're not enjoying that moment and before you know it they're you know three five seven seventeen out of the house and exactly. so this exactly. is our time that's a teaching opportunity and yeah. you teach by how you're being 
you know, yeah. mindful okay. if you're, you know, enjoying what yeah. that blessing you have in that moment. Exactly. No, absolutely. Well, you know, Karina, I think we've had, I mean, we talked about so many things. <laughs> and, and everything and that we, we, we wanted to talk about. No, but I think we talked about everything, all of the, the points that we had said. Yeah. I see. I think we touched on everything. And so this was so much fun. I love yeah. chatting with you. And <laughs> this, this was just great. I, I loved it. This is exactly what I had envisioned, just like us talking yeah. um, as friends, you know, and, and just, you know, and if, and for our listeners, I hope that, you know, through our conversation, you can feel like you're not alone. Right? <laughs> you're not alone. We, we get it. We know what it is to go through this, through this process of, of wearing many hats mm-hmm. and we're there with you. So big hug to all those mamas out there trying to yes. make it all <laughs> work out perfectly you know, we send you hugs and we also send you um, our wishes and the, the, the intention that hopefully you can be, be more gentle with yourself and be okay yeah. with imperfection, right? Mm-hmm. Because there could be so much, uh, um, I, I, right now that it came to mind, the Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection, because mm-hmm. there could be so much good and so, so much nourishment that can come through just allowing things to be imperfect. Yeah. Because that's life, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Things cannot be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. This has been yeah, such a joy. Of course. We used to this again. Here. Yes. This fun. <laughs> Thank you for being my, my comadre all these years. Oh, and uh, this has been so healing Likewise. just having this conversation. Yes, same, same. Okay, Karina. Well, we'll definitely plan something else. (laughs) Another, another, another podcast. Okay, Okay. you take care. You too. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website which is rosachettilcsw.com and I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.